0: Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, July 13th. It is time to talk to Lauren, I think. Um, We've been through all the calls. You can certainly call now. Um, Lauren and I will tackle your questions together if you want. Um, We've got some things we're going to talk about um, but you can certainly jump in. We will continue taking calls and questions. 855-950-3835. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to restart the show. Um, I know that helps Aaron a lot when I restart the show. Oh, we just got a caller that came in. Um, Now we have two calls. Sorry, Aaron, you're just going to have to work a little harder today because with two calls on the line, I'm not going to restart. I'm just going to bring Lauren in instead. Lauren, if Aaron has to work too hard today, I'm going to blame it on you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great. No, let's blame it on this wonderful new caller.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hey, I don't know why I woke up this morning craving breakfast tacos.
1: That sounds so good. I know. <laughs> I actually, I crave, um, I crave like lunch and dinner for breakfast a lot of the time, believe it or not. And it, I've been like that my entire life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've talked about this in yeah. the past. We're one of the few countries in the world that actually has breakfast food. Most cultures don't have breakfast food. They just have food. You just eat it. It's just another meal. For some reason, we created all this breakfast food, which is weird. And but sometimes I like horrible. Sometimes I like to eat breakfast food for dinner.
1: Yeah, I do that every so often. Not not often enough, but it's fun once in a while. Yeah,
0: yeah. But lots of times, if I'm going to eat early in the morning, and we call it breakfast, um, I just I'd like dinner. Last night's leftovers make a really good breakfast most days.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. And breakfast foods aren't typically that healthy. At least, um, you know, the standard American breakfast foods are—you know—well, right. oatmeal and
0: cereal. juice and toast and bagels juice. and muffins <laughs> yeah. and pancakes and waffles and ah. No, we want to get back to, Ah. we want to get back to the 1950s style breakfast food in America, which was eggs and breakfast meat of some kind, sausage, bacon, you know, things like that. We might throw in some hash browns, but for the most part, that was a pretty good breakfast. It was healthy. And of course, we told everybody that it wasn't healthy and they started scarfing up, uh, pancakes instead, and we can see the results. So I'm kind of being facetious with the whole breakfast taco thing. Did you see what's going on in the news lately? I think it's hilarious. No, was it a breakfast taco thing? (laughs) It was a breakfast taco thing. (laughs) Oh my God. So I don't like to talk too much about politics unless I'm on the political show, but you know, this is kind of more current event kind of thing. So, um biden's been struggling really really struggling if you follow politics i mean talk about dementia i mean the guy can't get through a sentence anymore without really screwing up it's sad to watch it really is um it's sad that the democratic party isn't doing something about it and and it's becoming embarrassing really is Um, and I'm not being partisan here it's just it's obvious to anybody that watches him try to function he's got some serious issues Uh, to pile on top of that I mean his ratings are worse than any president in history Um, but to pile on top of that his wife yesterday Dr. Jill um, I don't think it was yesterday it might have been Monday she was speaking I think it's the largest group of Hispanic journalists. I think that was the group. It was a it was a Hispanic group. I think they were journalists. And, you know, this probably isn't her fault. It, it was probably the speechwriter. Um, but if somebody else is ever going to write a speech for you, she'd probably read it first and make sure you're okay with the stuff that's in it. Um, she was doing this thing. It was almost like, poetic she she started to say you know this group is a lot like the and she was trying to say bodegas of new york and i'm not Mm -hmm. even sure what she said she butchered that word i think she called them bogatas or I, i don't know she totally butchered that word But then, and then the next line was, you're kind of like the blooms of Miami. That one was okay. Then the last line was, and you're unique, like the breakfast tacos of San Antonio. And immediately, Hispanics went, she compared us to breakfast tacos. She called us tacos. Ah. (laughs) It's all over the news.
2: Oh, who? What the hell
0: were they thinking? (laughs) Whether it was the speechwriter or her, or did she not read this ahead of time and think that's a really bad line?
1: Yeah, (laughs) this is the first I've heard of it. Oh, it's pretty. That's pretty bad. (laughs) Every
0: time I see it, when every time I see this line, she called us breakfast tacos. I just crack up laughing. I mean, it's hilarious. it
3: really is
0: and then of course now all i can think oh, about is breakfast wow. tacos so i should probably go make some after the show today it sounds good
1: that does sound good i mean i immediately got hungry when you mentioned I, it I
0: know. oh <laughs> man yeah so that's uh a little current events there um what are we ta- well you know what we have some calls so we should anything you want to open with today I know we're going to get to, you know, kind of our topic and, um, you know, maybe some yeah. review of a one-on-one, but um, why don't you open with the, whatever you got and then we'll take some calls and then we'll, we'll get to our, our theme. Well, yeah, today. I'll
1: just, I'll just open with, I'll just open by saying that today we are going to talk about water and hydration. I thought it was a good topic since it's pretty hot in most states lately, So um, I thought it'd be a good, like the perfect time to to talk about it and, you know, the importance of water in the body, electrolytes, the roles of the kidneys, getting enough water, the sources of water, stuff like that. So that's what we'll be talking about today after these calls.
0: I like that. I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this. I have a very different opinion about just one part of this. And the part is how much water. All the other stuff we talk about. I have a very different opinion on how much water from almost everybody else I see. And I don't know why we still just insist on these weird formulas. Like trying to tell somebody how much water they need in a day. That makes me crazy. You can't do that.
1: That doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And there's no universal you know, agreed, you know, upon amounts. So it it doesn't work. You're absolutely right.
0: right. But we we continue to push it. I mean, I fought with the NTA about this. Why do you keep pushing these stupid formulas? Just tell people how to know when they're hydrated and tell them how to stay hydrated. Don't give them some stupid formula that comes up with a number.
1: They did away with it, believe it or not. I I know, and then everybody repeats it. Yeah. No, no, but they got rid of it. They got, Oh, they got rid of it. You said,
0: Oh, Oh good.
1: From what, from what I understand, I logged onto the student portal the other day just to see if they had anything new in there. And they didn't mention that formula that they had taught you and I.
0: Good. Good. I still see a lot of practitioners, not just NTA. I see functional medicine, doctors, chiropractors, everybody with these stupid formulas.
1: Well, that one that was used for so long, the eight and eight, I think it's like eight ounces, eight glasses of eight ounces of water yeah, right. a day. Like yeah. for what? For, yeah. for a toddler or for a bodybuilder or like a triathlete? You know, yeah. like,
0: right. On. Or, you know, a landscaper <laughs> in Phoenix or an IT worker <laughs> in Boston. I, come on. You can't use exactly. a formula. <laughs> it
2: takes, i know
0: yeah makes me crazy so we'll we'll talk more about that um that's a great topic by the way what uh let's take some calls let's uh and then we'll get to that Sounds good. let's go to michigan aaron welcome to the program
4: hey kevin how you doing good
0: what's on your mind today
4: hey so yeah on your water topic um uh with your open i, I drink about a gallon a day and um maybe a gallon and a half sometimes. And it seems to work out well for me. I stay pretty hydrated, you know, um, and uh, it works good.
0: Yeah. Let, uh,
4: my question is, let
0: me, since you brought that up, right. let me address this. Um, Lauren, here's another issue here with these formulas. It's possible to be overhydrated And these formulas, if you yeah. just blindly follow a formula, you could end up overhydrated, which is not a good
1: thing. Agreed. It depletes your body of minerals that yeah. are critical.
0: Yeah. Um, it, just just to show how weird this is, you can die from too much water. It's happened. Um, probably one of the mm-hmm. most, it, it happens a lot to endurance athletes. They, they over consume water during an event and wash so much of the electrolytes out of their body that you can have heart failure. Your heart needs those minerals to function properly, and you can wash so many of them out that people actually have heart attacks and heart failure from this. But the one really unusual case, um, remember when the, the, the game console, the Wii, came out? Yeah. So there was a radio station, I think they were out in California. They held a contest around the Wii, And their theme for the contest was who can hold their Wii the longest. And what they did was they had them playing the game, the Wii, and they had them drinking water constantly, and they were seeing who could play the longest and drink the most without going to the bathroom. Oh, wow. That's not smart. Somebody died. A woman died. died a woman died during that oh. contest yeah oh wow yeah she died of heart failure so it yeah. is an issue. Yeah, some, of, yeah.
4: some of stuff is crazy out here.
0: Yeah, so we, we don't want to overhydrate. This isn't one of those things where you can just say, well, if I, I know I need to be hydrated, so I'll just drink a lot of water, and I'll always be hydrated. It, that's not the case. There is a real sweet spot here, and we want to stay in that sweet spot. Yeah.
4: Yeah, about a gallon a day is um, pretty good for me, like a sweet spot, because I'm out and active all day. I'm a local truck yeah. driver. Yeah, that's Michigan. So I'm in and out of the truck all day, you know, crawling up and down trailers and stuff. So yeah, gallon a day works out well for me, you know.
0: And that's the thing. We need people to understand like you do what the right amount is, because if you tell me you're drinking a gallon a day, that that's meaningless to me. Now, if you start telling me you're active, you're out in the heat that, okay, now it starts to make more sense. But we need to teach people how to know when they're hydrated, not give them some goofy formula that doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Well, uh, back to my original question. Um, the reason I was calling is, um, you know, I've been listening to you for a while, and you're talking about food shortages and stuff. So, uh, I built a greenhouse, and um, I was looking at, you know, different uh, things to plant in my greenhouse. And um, I was like, well, I want to grow vegetables, but I also want a protein as well. Um, so I was going to, uh, you know, grow fish. And I came across this uh, system called aquaponics. You know, where you use the fish waste. To fertilize your plants and stuff like that. Um, do you have any experience with that at all, or no?
0: I no personal hands-on experience. I've read about it. I understand it. Um, I, I've thought about trying it myself. I um, just never really got around to it. I, I wouldn't discourage you from doing it. I, absolutely. Give it a try. It looks like a pretty darn cool system, really. Like you said, it's, um, it's very regenerative. The feed, um, the, the fish feed the plants, and it, the water all works together, and it's, it's um, kind of a cool system. So if you're interested in it, I'd give it a shot.
4: Yeah, I figured, why not? You know, you get fish and uh, vegetables at the same time. You <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, the other Whatever. thing I, I've, well, I, 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 I don't know a lot about, I should probably do a little research. Not that it would matter. I would still do this no matter what. I don't know whether um, aquaponics creates more nutrients, less nutrients in, in, the, in a vegetable itself. Uh, I just don't know. Um, it seems to me like there isn't any reason why you couldn't get all the right nutrients out of it. Um, A lot of the fertilizers and plant foods I use are liquids. So, Um, but even if it, even if we knew, yeah, it's not quite as nutritious as food grown in soil, I would still do it. Um, And I I just think that that's a great idea with everything we're dealing with in the world today.
4: Right. That's what I was thinking. You know, I'd have a, sustainable uh, farm on my, yep. my house, you know?
0: Yep, absolutely.
4: So. Alright, Kevin. Well, I appreciate your feedback.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to California. Brian, welcome to the program.
3: How are we going, Kevin? How are you?
0: Good. What's on your mind today?
3: Um, 19 years old and got pretty severe back issues don't know if you and lauren have any uh history or any kind of uh experience with back issues and maybe a diet or some stretching or some exercise maybe to help strengthen it i'm currently laying in bed and can't move without any assistance oh so, yeah,
0: that that is severe um uh, yeah i've got uh quite a bit of experience i'm sure Lauren has some ideas here as well. Um, let's talk about what caused this. Was this a, an injury? Was it just something that happened over time? What 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 caused the back issue to start?
3: Well, I went to the doctor here about three years ago, and I've been racing sprint cars for the last uh, six seven years, and took a Couple pretty good spills. Said that if I took a hard enough hit again, that I could be paralyzed. But I've always had back issues since I was um, about eight or nine, and my hamstrings have always been really tight. And I've always had feet problems in the way of so hurting in sports. I played football.
0: That's what I was about. to... Ongoing thing. That's about. That's what I was going to ask next. What. What has your level of physical activity been like throughout your life? And it sounds like you're fairly active in even some sports.
3: Yeah, I played basketball. I played football. I played baseball. I've always been really active. You've been active. Tell me
0: your height and weight. 6'2", about
3: 185.
0: Okay. So this isn't an issue of trying to carry too much weight. That can be really hard on the back. My guess is that one, all of these activities can be hard on our back. They don't have to be, but they can be. And they're usually hard on our back because our core is weak. And we're not getting that structural support around the spine that we need to prevent these injuries or to allow them to heal. So um, have you been diagnosed with anything? I mean, have they said you've got, you know, fused discs or anything like that? Have they given given you any idea of what is physically wrong?
3: Yeah, I had an MRI, and they said uh, um, L5S1 and um, L4, they're they're, uh, protruding. Um, I'm not completely sure if that's accurate with the MRI. I'm not totally um, informed of that. I mean, I took the MRI, I think, like I said, three years ago. My dad's had two back surgeries. My grandpa had three. Um, It's it runs in the family of back issues, and they said that I possibly could have degenerative disc disease, but I'm not sure if that's really the, my problem. For, um, first or off, it's just for, kind of a shot in the dark. First off,
0: all of this stuff about this being genetic or in the family or that's all bullshit. There's nothing about this, and even if there was, we can't do anything about genetics. So throw it out anyway. Uh, I don't believe that this is genetic at all, except for the fact that families tend to have the same lifestyle habits and the same diet. So (laughs) many times they end up with the same conditions that, you know, the one study that that made this so painfully obvious. And it's kind of funny, actually, is they took all these families that had, you know, diabetes The mother had it, the father had it, the kids have it, you know, the grandkids are getting it. And they said, oh, look, it runs in the family, except it's really common for families like that. The dog has diabetes, too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that hopefully That's that's not genetic or we've got a problem. It's lifestyle. Yeah. The dog eats the same way the people do and they end up diabetic too. So most of this stuff is not genetic. And even if it was we probably can't change it anyway. Have you consulted with a chiropractor ever?
3: Yeah, I'm uh, currently waiting for my dad to show up so he could take me there, but I've consulted with them a couple of times. Um, they're considering sending me back in for another MRI. Uh, I've been driving trucks for the last two years, locally. Um, always been out and about with my my dad since I was one years old in a tractor. So I've learned quite a bit from him on on how not to do things. But uh, I think <laughs> I'm kind of following in the same footsteps, which is unfortunate. You're right. Um, and my mom told me to stay away from the construction, but I just can't. It's in my blood. I love trucks. You, you know, what I, I live and breathe for. You know, I,
0: I don't believe that these occupations are bad for us. They're there. They we see a lot of damage from the jobs people do not because that's a problem but because their nutrition is so poor, you know. Living out in the wild as a hunter gatherer that's pretty hard on us physically, but that's how we evolved. Our body can handle that and a whole lot more. So when our body breaks down physically over a job, it's not the job, it's we're just so weak. Now, jobs that create tons of stress, that's another matter. Our bodies are not designed to handle that kind of stress, but physical demands from a job, I don't think are bad for our body. In fact, they should be good for our body. Um, So the problem here is poor nutrition. So this really is all about diet.
1: I'm curious though, what kind you do you stretch? Have you thought about incorporating stretching into you know your everyday
3: I have but it's a matter of just being lazy to be honest
2: (laughs) okay
0: well well, let let, let me jump in here because I think there's another issue Uh, Lauren you're absolutely right there are so many things we could do physically core exercises to strengthen those muscles more stretching to keep them flexible all those things are absolutely good but when we have poor nutrition and a poor diet, we will have constant inflammation. You can't get rid of it when you have a poor diet. The inflammation will not go away. And inflammation is pain. And what happens is you go do all these things that the chiropractor tells you or that we might tell you and you stretch it and you don't really get results. You're still in pain. So you think, oh, why bother? But if you, if you get the diet right, Then you add these other things and you actually get results and you start feeling better. You'll be more motivated to stick with all of it. The problem is when we skip the diet and we try all these other things and they don't work, then we get frustrated and we think, well, stretching doesn't work. I've been doing it. Well, it does work, but we have to fix the diet first.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're talking to people who are going to always go to diet first, <laughs> no matter what.
0: Absolutely, but right.
1: In ter- but in terms of what you're going through, I, I personally have very tight hamstrings and like my my hips are, are really tight and my my glutes. So, and if I don't stretch properly, or if I work out and it gets really tight, then I get lower back pain. So I'm constantly trying to stretch in order to avoid the pain and I was just visiting with my grandmother and she has she was complaining of really bad lower back pain and I look at what she sits in and she's sitting in like a lazy boy style recliner so she's kind of like you know has her back kind of contoured improperly and she's sitting in that most of the time and and I showed her a few stretches you know and she was doing them, but I'm telling you, if you incorporate, a, you know, obviously the good, the proper diet, and then you incorporate stretching on a regular basis, going to a chiropractor, I don't believe going to a chiropractor without proper stretching is really going to get you any of the results you want.
0: Well, I think that... Well, hopefully your chiropractor's so. helping you with that too. Work. That was what
1: well, my done question. Done. A Are you going... Cause you really need and, like uh, physical therapy is what you need. You need proper stretching. You need to be working with your fascia, with your fascia, not just with the, 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 bones. You need to be working with what's holding those bones in the wrong place. And if you're not, then you're getting adjusted and your body's pulling it, you know, those, those joints and the bones back to where they're, they, it wants it to go. So if you're not having proper massage, and fascial release, you're not ever going to get the results that you want. So I, I'm going to recommend that you go to, um, you look up the human garage. I think it's humangarage.net. This guy has a bunch of videos, um, showing like different, um, maneuvers to help relieve, um, you know, different pain points in the body. Um, I, I, I haven't had a chance to go through all of them, but I'm sure he has one for, you know, the back pain and all of that, but you really need to be doing, you have to commit to proper stretching and I'm afraid that with the chiropractic work, if he's not stretching you and working with, with your fascia, then it, it's really not going to help. That's you, true. Your body's just Absol- going to go right I, I back agree. to how it,
0: how it was set. I, I agree. And one of the things I have to say when I recommend functional medicine, doctors, chiropractors, whatever, that doesn't mean everyone you go to is going to be good fact, it's probably the opposite. It's hard to find the really good ones. But if you have a chiropractor, yeah. like Lawrence says, that all they're doing is constantly adjusting you, but not working on things that will help hold that adjustment, then you've got the wrong chiropractor. I completely agree with that. Um, do you know one of the best times to stretch, Lauren? We get this is another thing we got so wrong. you know growing up in sports, the way we were taught to stretch is completely wrong. probably does more damage than good. You should never stretch cold. What's
1: that Yeah, I agree. And
0: how cool. do we teach kids in every single sport I've ever been involved in? You've been sitting in a desk all day in school, hardly active at all. Your whole body's cold and stiff. And the first thing every sport I've ever been involved in is you stretch. It's the worst time to stretch. You got to go warm up. So the first thing we should do in a sport is go do that sport easily to warm up the body. After you're done is the best time to stretch the muscles limber and warm and you've got good blood flow to it. You should work. You should do your stretching after your workouts, not before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But even a 15 to 20 minute, you know, when you wake up in the morning, my husband's really good at committing to it. Actually, he wakes up in the morning and he does like a 15 to 20 minute, you know, yoga. So they'll like loosen up the body by moving, like you're saying. And then he goes into like a deep stretch because he also has, you know, tight hips.
0: That's another good point that yoga is, we don't really think of yoga as stretching, but that's really what it is. But they, they've kind of created a flow out of it that does work really well. So I am a big fan of, of using yoga as a, a stretching routine.
1: Yeah. Same. I, I try to do it several times a week, actually, just to keep myself, you know, limber. Um, and it's really good for the mind, but you know, you can't, I'm afraid that just going to a chiropractor is not going to be the answer that you want. Your body is just not designed. It needs to be molded back into the right place. Let me ask you something else, Lauren.
0: And I agree with that. By the way, mm-hmm. are are you doing any resistance training at all?
1: You know, I do my my every my, my typical workout routine is I do Pilates. Um, try to go three to four times a week, and then I try to do one to two yoga yoga classes. But when I do Pilates, I do a mixture of their traditional method which is a lot of core work. Um, it's, it's on the reformer, but it's still a lot of core work and um, a lot of toning and stretching. But twice a week of those classes, I'll sign up for what is called um, it's referred to as like the black class. And there we're doing some, we're using some weight and doing a lot more, um, more physical, you know, like high intensity kind of workout. Yeah. Wait,
2: wait.
0: What, you know, here's another thing we've kind of screwed up with the whole stretching thing. You know, logically, it feels like when you work out a muscle with resistance, the muscle gets tight, right? Mm-hmm. That's the best way to make a muscle more flexible is to work it out with resistance training. It will get tight in the moment. But if you follow up the resistance training with stretching afterwards, that's the best way to develop mm. flexibility in a muscle is to, is to work it out with resistance training and then stretch it afterwards.
1: Yeah. I mean, stretching is critical. If you're not doing that, then you're doing a huge
5: disservice to your Absolutely. body.
0: Absolutely. I agree. And and, and this <laughs> is one of the things I'm, form. yeah, I'm bad at. I, I don't do enough of this.
1: Yeah. A lot of people, Think it's kind of boring, I'm not
0: gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> it is. And you know, here's the, well, I shouldn't say this, I was gonna say you don't get as much of a result. Like when you do resistance training and you can see your body changing the shape and you feel your muscle getting stronger, if you are consistent mm-hmm. at work at stretching, you will feel that increased flexibility. I just never seem to get there, you know, and then I get frustrated, so it then takes I, longer. it takes longer, it does, and it you're right, it's boring. It's so this is the one I I have to work on the most. I I need to work more on flexibility than what I do.
1: Well, that's why I recommend yoga so often is because it's, it's like a full package deal. You you are really mentally focused and you're breathing really slow, long deep. So you've got the breathing aspect. You have the mind aspect and you have the body aspect. I agree. So, you can't you can't go wrong with yoga. No. You just have to commit to a practice.
0: Yep, I agree. Brian, are we helping at all?
3: Yeah, no, I appreciate everything you guys are saying. I'm definitely gonna look up that human brush but and uh, but definitely do some more stretching.
0: Everything we talked about is really good. But what is the most important thing oh. you're going to get out of this call? Well I need to Drench. Nope, nope. That's lazy. not the most important thing. That's why I wanted to go back over this because I know we kind of got off track there. Everything uh-huh. we said is absolutely <laughs> important. You should be doing everything Lauren talked about. But there's one thing that you've got to get diet. out of this. Yes, yes. If you yeah. don't change your diet, what, none of this is going to have much of an impact.
3: What do you recommend? So I've only been listening to you for about yeah. a couple months. I just for, a, for I'm a just with her you from a, a family member so
0: yeah for a 19 year old male the keto yeah absolutely lauren's got the right idea go do a nutriq online and do a discovery call with lauren but i will answer the diet it's easy for a 19 year old male carnivore
3: yeah i'm uh, i'm doing the keto diet right now and i've been feeling so much better and have a lot more energy good good, um, good. Yeah, which is awesome. And I'm trying to get my whole family on it, too, because we all used to eat pretty crappy compared to that's everything that I've learned so far.
0: That's awesome. So you guys have a lot of things that are similar because you've lived, led similar lifestyles. Now you can be the catalyst to change that lifestyle and everybody's going to get similar results, but they're all going to be good results this time. So I would lean pretty heavily towards carnivore.
3: We'll definitely do that. We live on a forty-acre ranch. We have cows, awesome, goats, and uh, chickens. So awesome! And I'm working on the garden. Send, so. yeah, definitely, perfect, perfect. Uh, excited about that.
0: Yeah, perfect. Send me a goat. I've always well, wanted a goat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely send you a goat. I'm not that far from you. I'm only about three hours from the Oregon border. So,
0: oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, really, really focus on the diet. But Lauren's right too. All this, this, the stretching, yoga, um, those things are going to be very, very powerful once you change the diet because we've got to get rid of that chronic inflammation. Yeah.
3: Okay. So heavy, heavy carnivore and. Vegetables, what do you recommend? And uh you know, I've been listening a lot about fermenting and that that's really that, what
0: I recommend. You can eat all the vegetables you want if you ferment them first. Okay. All right. And then throw in the yogurt. You know, Any, if 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 you've heard us talk about the El Ruderai yogurt that increases testosterone levels, that's good for muscle health. So uh, and, and that's fermented. So yeah, the idea of eat all the animal products you want and, and make it a nice variety. How do you feel about seafood? I love seafood. Good. Make sure you're eating seafood two or three times a week and focus on tuna and salmon, mackerel, sardines, things that are really, really high in fat. We want those fatty fish. You know, white fish is nice and it tastes good, and but it's not all that nutritious, honestly. We want those really fatty fish, tuna, salmon, mackerel, sardines. Um, I would be doing that two or three times a week. I would be doing organ meats two or three times a week. And if you don't like organ meats or they're too hard to incorporate into your diet, we have the organ meat supplements in our store and, and it's They're almost not supplements. It's almost just another form of food. The ancestral supplements, all they do is take the organ itself and dehydrate it or desiccate it. So it's really food in another form. And if you can't get enough organ meats in your diet, this is a great way to do it. But if if you do that, focus heavy on carnivore, seafood and organ meats or the supplement. And whatever vegetables you're going to eat, try to eat them fermented if you can. You're going to be amazed at the results.
3: Okay. Oh, I really appreciate everything. I oh, got to get my dad. Yeah, make to sure you get plenty. He's got a lot of heart issues.
0: Plenty of eggs in there too. Eggs are completely carnivore.
3: Oh yeah, I got got all fresh eggs. That's awesome. There's yeah, you you've got
0: the real <laughs> deal there. That's right.
3: Well, I appreciate everything. Uh, you and Lauren have said, and I'll definitely take it into consideration. I did do the nutricu it's got to do the discovery call perfect, um perfect, definitely nail everything down,
0: yeah, yeah, get that That's done, great. and then uh we'll follow up.
3: I appreciate everything again. I'm gonna try to get up and see if I can't get to the chiropractor and start there and keep moving forward.
0: Excellent. We'll look forward to hearing back Thank from you God. soon. let's uh. Let's go to Kentucky. John, welcome to the program.
5: Hi guys. Um, I had, a, well, I had my question about PPI, but I had a real quick thing before that. Uh, what do you use when you're going to make breakfast tacos? What do you use for the taco shell?
0: Oh, good question. Um, Ciete foods, Siete foods, S I E T E Siete. That's seven, isn't it in Spanish? Siete? Yeah. Yeah. Spanish. Um, Siete Foods has multiple types of grain-free tortillas, soft, some that are made out of almond flour, some that are made out of chia seed, some that are made out of cassava flour. They're all good. I've tried them all. I like them all. They make hard shells. So if you want to make tacos, it's it's an almond flour taco shell, hard. Um, Also Thrive Market. If you go to Thrive Market online, um, they started their own line of grain-free uh, shells and tortillas. So that's what I use. I do eat. Ta- I love tacos, and I eat them with the uh, the grain-free shells.
5: Okay. Um, all right. So twenty year plus on PPIs. Um, I do. I have eliminated grain. On my diet, except I do when I'm home on the weekend. Drink some beer. Okay. Okay, and I know I know that's grain, but I just decided that you know what I'm going to drink some beer. There you go. Can I still? Can I get off the PPI still? Of with course. That beer in my diet. I,
0: you know, here's the thing. I, of course, you can. Now, will it interfere? I don't know. It might, and if you. You know, if things are getting better, but every time you have a beer, you have a flare up of, of you know, heartburn, well, then that might tell us something. And you might decide, I'm okay. I'm off the PPIs. Things are working great. I get a little heartburn, you know, after I have a beer or two, and I'll, I'll put up with it. I, those are your choices. So, yeah, I, I would still attempt to get off the PPIs.
5: All right. Um, am I going to have to do, like, I've heard you talking, like some people that have been on PPIs as long as I have, that is it, is it pretty common for one kit not to, not to do it? Uh,
0: Lauren, how, how, are you seeing a lot of this in, in your one-on-ones and discovery calls?
5: It
1: really depends on, on, on you. I, it's hard to say. Have you, have you done a discovery call yet?
5: No, no, I have not. And actually, I take a PPI in the morning and at night. So I take two forty 40-milligram tablets a day, and I've been doing that I, for many years. It might
1: be more difficult for you. It might be yeah. a little more difficult for you, but the only way to really tell is, is by doing it. But I have to say that if you've already been working on your diet, which it sounds like you have, then... the the chances of you, you know, having a better result are, are much, much better in my opinion. Um, you know, a lot of the, the time hydrochloric acid is, is not, you know, we're not able to produce it because we're low in, in nutrients. But if you're, you know, you know, but then again, you're taking a PPI, which means that you're not digesting properly. (laughs) So you're not absorbing those nutrients. So, but it should, you know, it, it should help that your your diet is better. But you definitely want to be eating a nutrient dense diet while you're 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 working towards it. And um, there's really no no way to tell for sure until you've actually gone through it. So right, it's going to be a trial and error, and 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 I got to tell you, it's really going to be based on you being able to tune into your body and really recognize what's going on because it's not it's just like everything. It's not a one size fits all, you know you know, thing. It's you're gonna have to play around with it and see what's working and what's not and finding your proper dosing for, you know, the H C L supplements and all of that. It's going to be some trial and error.
0: So Lauren is okay. absolutely correct. And let's look at this another way. Worst case scenario, I've seen people take three entire kits before they finally get off the PPI. That's the worst case scenario I've had so far, three kits. So you can either start this and it might take three kits and you'll be done, or you don't start it and you'll suffer with it the rest of your life. I I don't know any other option.
5: Right, right. Um, I have a question. I do. I am eating my, I mean, all my meat and stuff, you know, is just from the normal grocery store. Um,
0: That won't have a huge impact on this particular issue. I I really, you know, I I had a note in my open this morning and I missed it. And I want to go back to it now. Um, I get a lot of calls where people say, I'm eating keto, I got all these benefits, but I still have this problem. And then they'll say, when I ask, tell me about your diet, they'll say, well, it's dirty keto or it's dirty carnivore. If you find yourself saying that, I'm eating keto, but it's dirty, I'm eating carnivore, but it's dirty. Well, you've already answered your question. What do you do next if you still have problems? Anybody? Go to cleaner meat. Yes, and oils. And Nutrient don't, dense. Yeah. And yeah. don't eat at restaurants. Okay, so it, when we say to ourselves, yes, I, I got all these benefits, I'm eating dirty keto, but I still have this. When you say that to yourself, you already have the answer. You got to clean up the diet to get to those next couple of issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. But in this case, I want to go back to that. In this case, it's not a huge factor. The, the difference between really well-raised meat and factory farmed meat has somewhat of an impact on this issue, but it's not huge. You know, more of this is going to come back okay. down to what Lauren said, tweaking, finding the right doses and just working through the kit until we get because we do have this conundrum. You're not building good stomach acid because you're not getting the right nutrients. Well, no matter how good your diet is, if we're not Digesting them, you're not going to get the nutrients. That's where all the supplements come in. We got to jumpstart that whole process, and like Lauren says, it, it, you just have to work through this and tweak things. Here's the good news: I've never seen this fail yet, not once.
1: Yeah.
5: All right. Well, you just have to shot.
2: There you go. Yeah,
1: just commit and you know, and, and if it doesn't go away with the first kit, don't give up. Just continue on. And like Kevin said, he, he hasn't seen it take more than three kits. So, you know, chances are you're gonna you're gonna get there. Yep. Chances are really good you're gonna get there. <laughs>
0: yeah, you will you'll, you'll either succeed or you'll become a new story for me to tell. One of the two.
1: Yeah, good. I just say though I would definitely add the betaine plus to the kit because the, I don't think that the H, the, the, hydrozyme is going to be strong enough right off the bat. I just, you know, cause the recommendation for getting off of it is one to three hydrozymes with each meal. That's how we're supplementing the hydrochloric acid. But if you've been on those PPIs for as long as you have, I would just jump right to the betaine plus and take one with each meal. Um, because I, agree. I, I, I don't think, I don't think three is going to be enough of the hydrozyme. The betaine plus is essentially, um, a much stronger, you know, hydrozyme. So right. you don't have to take as many capsules, which is going to help you anyways, because taking like six to eight capsules of the hydrozyme, when you could be taking one, is going to dilute your you know, your stomach acid anyways because you have to drink all the
5: water to take
1: those capsules. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, no, I agree.
5: <laughs> what are, what <laughs> are you saying? B-chain? What is that word?
2: Yeah.
5: B-chain plus.
1: Sign up for a, for a discovery call and I'll walk you through the whole process, okay?
5: Okay. All right. I will do that. There you go. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. You're Thanks welcome. for the call. Let's go to... Mississippi, Paul. Welcome to the program.
6: Howdy. I've got two comments and one question. Shoot. Um, the dog that the dog that ends up being diabetic, you have to remember that he's adopted and he's still a diabetic. <laughs> so it's not gene. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right.
6: And if you want to learn how to stretch, watch a cat. They're very good at it.
5: yeah that's true yeah
1: that is so true I actually watch my dog stretch all the time and I always tell him he's the best stretcher I know
6: (laughs) yeah so my question is uh, years ago I used to drink a lot of Gatorade you know because everyone would say oh you need if you're outside working in the heat you need the electrolytes and everything and Mm then uh It was probably when you started on the health show that I decided, I'm getting rid of that sugar. I'm not doing the Gatorade anymore. So I'm guessing it's five or six years ago since I've drunk Gatorade. And I'm outside in the heat regularly, loading and unloading. Like uh, last week, four hours I was out in it. 108 when I got there well oh, that was to feel like temperature 108 4 hours later when I finished loading it was feeling like 96 and I drank a gallon and a half of water in that time probably walked 3, mi- three miles as well as inspect and load 8 vehicles and I uh-huh. didn't feel worn out or depleted or anything I don't know so if I'm drinking enough water and eating good do I need the electrolytes maybe I don't know
1: yeah answer (laughs) I mean it depends you can and this is this is the topic of the show today by the way so this is the perfect time to ask this question but it depends I mean. I should say it depends. You're if you're getting it through your diet, all those minerals, then you might be fine. But the question is, what is your diet like?
6: Probably, I'm um, way better than your average American. I, I, I still eat some crap occasionally, so, um, but way better than average, I would say. I'm. Um, I have started doing more of the fermented carnivore like Kevin's. Been talking about, but okay. I, occasionally, occasionally, I still might have a piece of bread. Or well, my wife, she thinks I need cookies or something every time, but I'm slowly <laughs> weaning her off. I don't need them. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, are you when you when you cook your food? What kind of salt are you using?
6: Um, uh, Mediterranean sea salt or okay. the one that's got the, the pink Himalayan with the garlic mixed in it. Great,
1: because those are going to be loaded with good minerals, for sure. Um,
6: I, and I, then, ha, I have noted, I have noticed occasionally, sometimes I'll, I'll put salt on stuff, you know, cook my lamb chops or whatever, I'll put salt on it, and then I'll put salt on it after I cook it, and then sometimes I'll grab the salt shaker again. And I want more salt.
0: That's fine. I have
6: noticed that.
0: Perfect, and that. That's may, fine. I agree. And that may actually be a sign you are a little depleted on minerals. Exactly
1: okay. what I was going
0: to say. Yep. 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 That's your body so I telling try you. The
6: light balance, maybe.
0: You know, light balance for me. I just it's one of those supplements I'm just not giving up. I, every time I stop taking it, things don't work as well. And I look at my diet. All of my meat is super clean, well-raised. The vegetables I eat all summer long come out of my own garden. Even, you know, I preserve stuff. I should be getting plenty of minerals, and yet somehow I'm not. And I don't know why, but I know what fixes it. And it's super easy, a capful of light balance. And when I say a capful... Um, it's probably more like a cap and a half because I kind of pour it until it's like overflowing out of the cap. So, I, And, you know, some yep. days I get two of those. But if I stop, mm-hmm. then I notice, you know, some foot cramps now and then and, and some muscle twitching happening here and there. So I have to believe if I'm not getting enough minerals in my diet, most people aren't.
2: hmm
6: Okay, because I, I do i do get the muscle twitching. I, I
0: don't that, really
6: get the cramp, but
0: muscle twitching is That's, is, is twitching. that's a that's a mineral imbalance. Yes.
6: Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll bet, I better get off this procrastination club that I'm going to start. Yeah. You know, say, now I have, a, it, so. mm-hmm. I have
0: a. I have a trivia question. Yep. Where did Gatorade come from?
6: Is it from know.
1: Florida Gator?
0: It actually is. Yeah, from the uni- U- University <laughs> of Florida actually invented Gatorade. That's why it's called Gatorade.
6: Oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. So, um,
2: one,
0: uh,
6: one other thing. Uh. July the 4th weekend, my stepson, he showed up at our place. Well, he'd been to a Sam's Club and they found New Zealand land. So my wife told him to get some. So I had these Little lamb chops, and I thought there was three in the pack, so because they had the stickers all over the front, New Zealand lamb, but it was price reduced. But when I opened it up, it's like, oh, they are really little baby lamb chops, because there was eight, not three. And then he got the rack of lamb, you know, where they strip the meat off the bone, so it's got the bony fingers sticking out. Yeah. Mm. Well, I thought there was, I thought there was, uh, eight in the pack. Well, when I opened it up. It's like, oh, there's 16 lamb chops. So I had 24 lamb chops, for three meals.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> I, next, uh, I ate eight at a time.
0: So. Just so you know, next time you can impress somebody, that's called a Frenched rack. Oh,
6: now I know. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's called a Frenched yeah. rack when they do that. I love lamb, by the way. That's and true. those little that's tiny... I call them lamb lollipops. You get like one good bite. Yeah, that's what like, yeah. yeah, you get one really good bite of meat, but it is one of the best bites of meat I've ever had. So tender, so oh, much flavor. I love I those. I love it. I know. Yeah. Uh,
6: well,
2: I,
0: that, that,
6: that French cup, I think they're ripping me off because they stripped that little <laughs> bit of meat back off there that I could have had.
0: Yeah, and you know the <laughs> the, the sad part, that probably ends up in dog food somewhere. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, speaking of, since we're talking about lamb, I have a, a new, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite cut of meat, but it's certainly a new cut that I really like. I've made it twice now. I'm getting ready to order some more. Mutton neck.
6: Oh, Yeah. I don't know if I've ever, ever had it. Maybe. I might have had it when I was a kid. I don't know.
0: So, so it, it's... I'm
6: guessing it it may, be, it may be cheaper because it's a mutton, but it's quite possible I've eaten it.
0: Yeah, it's cheaper because yep. it's mutton. It's, a, it's an older lamb. Yep. Well, yeah, it's an older lamb. A lamb is a baby sheep. sheep. This is a, a two-year-old yep. sheep, at least two years old. If it was between... If it's less than one, it's lamb. If it's one to two, it's hogget. It. If it's more than two, it's mutton. Just so we know, yeah. um, and it wow. is, and it is the neck, and I, it's a little funky because it's the vertebrae, and it moves like a neck, the vertebrae. When you're <laughs> so, it's 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 a little weird, um, but
6: it's a it's a flex it's a flexible lamb chop. <laughs> that's right,
0: yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> the flavor is incredible. It is loaded with collagen and gelatin. I mean, you can feel it. There's so much collagen and gelatin in this meat. It's so rich. And the way I cooked it yesterday was incredible. I put it in my sous vide for 24 hours, and it was just amazing. So I'm going to order me a couple more of those. They were really good.
6: Because that, yeah. that's one—that's one—that's one way for me to be insulting, and people don't even know it. I just say you're just a silly old mutton head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
6: Hey, I think, but most most people don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, maybe I'll make uh, maybe I'll make some mutton neck breakfast tacos. Man, that sounds good. There you go. That sounds so good. (laughs) I know. Yeah, that sounds really good. In fact, I think I still have some meat left over. Already cooked. I do. That's what I'm having when I get off the air. There you go. Yeah.
3: Perfect.
6: Okay. Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. Keep
1: listening because, yeah, we're going to go over a bunch of stuff like uh, how to get more electrolytes in the diet, not just with supplementation, but you know, other ways. So keep
2: listening.
0: Yes. Keep listening. All right. We're going to take one more call. Then Lauren, I'm going to turn this over to you to get started on the topic. And I got a couple of texts I've got to go answer. Um, They look kind of urgent. So we'll take this call. Then uh, I'll turn it over to you, Lauren. I'll take a I'll, I'll still be here. I'll just take a quick break and we'll continue on. Uh, we're going to go to Alabama. Jason, welcome to the program.
7: Hey guys. Um, hey, this is kind of a carryover from the, uh, from the last hour. Um, so I, I remember when you first started talking about the, uh, the X3 bar, I, I think maybe the first time you mentioned it was a couple of years ago now. And uh, I went out and, and got one and wanted to try it out. Cause I mean, I couldn't, couldn't really get much working out, you know, uh, living in the truck and all that, so I like the uh, the idea, of the ease and, and portability of it. Um, but I was kind of curious, you know, on your on your comments about uh, I'm going to butcher his name is it is it Jock Yeah, Jock Yeah. So I mean, you were you were kind of commenting on his physique, and how it's kind of uh, kind of unique, and uh, I guess not really not really kind of traditional. I mean, do, do you? So I, I didn't realize you had a workout program out. The X3 bar. I had been following his ever since I got it. I mean, do you do you think um, that that what they're selling with the X3 bar? You know what they're what they're putting out. Their material is, is kind of. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you've designed your own, you, you have deviated from from what they were kind of uh, promoting.
0: Right? Well, a- actually, yes and no. The so on the okay. Garmin watch the diesel version of the Garmin watch that we worked with them on, I have X3 bar workouts on there. They're exactly what okay. you get with the with the bar. I, I really couldn't improve oh, on I it. I, I looked at it, I really couldn't improve okay. on it. It's a starting point and it's a really, really good starting point. That's why I didn't mess with it. Um, a lot of research went into that. I experimented, I tried some other things. If you're going to get an X3 bar, just start with their workouts. They're perfect. After a while, you could add on. Okay. And you could hit muscles. for. You could just, just shift up the. Now, I don't want to change the, the overall big picture approach of one exercise per muscle to failure. That's the most important part of the whole system one exercise per muscle to failure. That's the important part. Now, what we can do over time is we can just mix up those workouts a little bit, keeping the same basic formula, 10 to 15 minutes, no more than four to five exercises, one set to failure. But if we shift them just a little bit, if we, on our on our chest press, if instead of pushing straight out from our chest, we start to push down a little bit. That would simulate more of a decline bench press, or we could push up at an angle. That would simulate an incline bench press. We could do the tricep press standing up over our head instead of standing up pushing down. We're we're just tweaking a little bit to start to hit those muscle groups from different angles. that's really all I'm changing.
7: Okay. I see. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll keep doing that where I, I am kind of curious to see, um, you know, get kind of see what you have and, and uh, get your perspective on that. Where could I, It is. do you have to do it through the watch or do you have that published somewhere on the webpage? I,
0: I don't, one of the but, groups? I really don't have it anywhere else, but honestly, I'm telling you it, it's what I have on the watch is exactly what's on that, that sheet that comes with the, the bar. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, um, also on the watch, <laughs> for people who don't have the X3 bar, I put two other total routines on there. One is just strict body weight. You have no equipment whatsoever. You've just got to work out with your body only. So that's my workout. And then I also created a workout for somebody who carries adjustable dumbbells. So I, there's a body weight workout, an X3 bar workout, and an adjustable dumbbell workout.
7: Okay. Um, so from from more of a uh, the nutritional standpoint, I know the uh, traditional thinking within like you know uh, weightlifting communities is like one gram per uh, protein per pound of body weight. What's your take on that, man? Because I mean, I'm I'm eating carnivore, and I mean honestly, I just don't have the appetite for that much. You know, like
0: then don't eat it. uh, That that's that's thinking we need all of that protein is incorrect. I don't care how hard you're working on. You don't need that much protein. I, am a believer in uh, our body. When we're eating the right foods, our body's pretty intelligent. And when somebody says to me, you know, I'm eating maybe 90 grams of protein a day, but that's all I want. I mean, I would have to force myself to eat more. I I don't think that's a good idea. Lauren, what do you think about the whole protein thing?
1: You know, I think that I mean I really just have to go by what Dr. Paul Saladino says, and I, you know, because he to me is the one who he's the brains behind the whole carnivore thing. Um, but in terms of protein, I mean, I, if you're if you're not craving it, I, I believe that our body tells us what we need, and if we're paying attention to it, and if you can't stomach large amounts of protein, then I don't think that you need to worry about it. I don't think you need to force it down. Um, Now, if you start noticing like that, you're, you have muscle wasting and stuff like that, then that's a different story then. But if you're, if you feel good, you are building muscle and you are comfortable eating the amount of protein that you are, I think you should just stick with what your, what your body's telling you.
0: And and the one thing I am absolutely against I don't supplement protein ever.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just a, that
0: yeah, I'm just a believer. You can absolutely get more than enough protein in your diet, and and, and again, it's it's no different yeah. than water. These formulas that we always try to use, I'm just not a big fan of them. Look, if you're eating carnivore ish, and you're not getting enough protein, how would that even be possible? I mean, you're eat, and I tell people if you're hungry, eat. If you're still hungry, eat more. If you're eating every time you're hungry and you're eating mostly carnivore, you have to be getting enough protein. There is no way our body would require supplemental protein. I just, I don't, I don't see that ever.
4: Okay.
7: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I, speaking somewhat broadly, I, I really like, I could do one meal a day and be fine. I mean, I am eating a very, uh, heavily, uh, very heavy carnivore diet. It's, it's pretty clean, uh, quality stuff. Um, you know, I, I can do uh, half a dozen eggs with some cheese and some butter and a ribeye, you know, and,
2: and
0: <laughs> there you go.
7: For, for the morning. And that's, that's all I want for the rest of the day. I, I could go to bed and never be hungry again. And I just didn't. I mean, I think you
0: know, that's perfect.
7: That's not even close to a gram per pound. You know, yeah. so. but
0: but okay. again, I I, yeah. there, there is no way you're going to suffer muscle wasting. It's just not going to happen.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, you would know right away.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that that's plenty of protein.
7: So, what do you what do you think about you know like? So there there is a, a small market that I've been able to hit that that does a lot of uh, you know um, locally sourced meats and, and and you know grass fed and grass finished and and uh, the lady that runs the place uh, I've talked to her about kind of how she she vets her um, you know her, her vendors and um, you know it sounds like she's, she's got a pretty pretty strict standard that you have to meet. To be able to uh, be put in the store, so I buy I buy as much as I can from them, but it's good. really small, and I always feel bad about cleaning out their freezers. Um, <laughs> I mean, if, hey, if, hey, hold,
0: <laughs> hold hold on, let me help you with that. Don't ever feel bad about buying too much from a vendor; they can always go get more.
1: Yeah, that's right. a bad problem. That's a good problem. Exactly. For them
0: to have. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, <laughs> right. if if, if right. people buy so much stuff out of our store. That I have to go order more. That's not a bad thing.
7: God. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, I, I have. So I've been trying to more or less to leave some for, for other people. But I guess I guess I'll stop doing that. But right. um, I was I was just kind of curious. You know, even in even in like the main groceries, like a Kroger store or something. If it says hundred percent grass fed, I mean, does that mean that it's grass fed and grass that, finished? is that, no. that going to be a similar quality or is that no? no? Okay.
0: In fact, okay. if it just says grass fed, that's meaningless. There are no rules. There's no right. requirements. And technically every cow was grass fed at some point. So that's just a meaningless term. Even if it says grass fed, grass finished, we have to trust that they're being honest because there isn't really any requirements or oversight on any of these terms. So it really does come down to knowing the source. And like you said, you asked her, she has criteria. But what you're finding in traditional grocery stores that that's it's not the same. Honestly, even Whole Foods. My God, I, I, you know, I look at Whole Foods and they have that whole complicated numbering system. And, uh, you know, I look at most of what they're selling in their store. It's not the quality I'm getting from the farm. It's not even close. No, it's
3: not.
7: Yeah, and I mean, I think I think you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about with the brisket earlier in the show. I mean, there's so much more flavor in the ones that I'm getting from that little market, yes. you know, versus what, what what they're selling the store. I mean, it's just I, I look forward to those days where where I'm going to have one of those over over you know, just having uh, just having store bought But yeah, yes. I guess I won't feel too bad about cleaning out their freezers anymore. <laughs> I mean. No, clean them out. They'll go get <laughs> exactly. more.
0: Exactly. That's right.
7: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it.
0: All right. Thanks for the call. All right, Lauren, we've managed to uh, clear out the calls for now. If you want to keep calling, you can. Uh, but now that we have a break, um, Lauren, why don't you jump into our theme for today?
1: Sounds good. And it's so great that we had a call about our theme today. I wonder if talking about it or mentioning what it was kind of sparked that in him. But um, I definitely want to end the conversation with some more tips on how to boost your electrolytes. So today we're talking about water and hydration. And it's just, it's interesting because water is the most important nutrient in the body, but it's hardly discussed. It's not something that, that is typically talked about. So, um, you know, we can survive for weeks without food but you can only survive a few days without water so I just wanted to go over a couple things and just you know I don't know how many people actually know that our body is made uh, our total body mass is 60 percent water which I thought is really interesting that the average person is 10 to 13 gallons of water and one thing to note is that many Americans are living in a state of chronic dehydration and have no idea that, that that's what's going on. So, you know, my first question for people when they tell me that they have headaches all the time is, okay, well, how much water are you drinking? Because really, a lot of the people that, that have these, these headaches, I'm learning that most of it is caused by dehydration, just a, a low level dehydration that they're not even realizing it. And so, um, you know, there are so many roles of water in the body. So I think it's important to talk about, you know, the roles that, that, you know, that water kind of play. Um, and one of them, as we know how important this is, um, that water carries oxygen to all of the cells of the body. And, Without water, we're not able to oxygenate the body. So really critical for keeping our oxygen levels, you know, at, at a high place um, in the upper 90s. So really important there. Water also transports nutrients throughout the body. So um, it's important to get, you know, all your vitamins and minerals and all of that. As we break things down to get them to the proper places. And so water does that. Water also helps us regulate our body temperature. Um, That's typically done through sweating. So um, really important. We know that body temp is, you know, it's important that we keep it at a steady place. And I I think it used to be 98.6 degrees, but I I feel like I heard recently that it's changed a little bit. I don't know which way, but um, I, I thought that was quite
0: interesting. I'm going to jump in and I wasn't totally paying attention to everything you were talking about. Cause I did. not <laughs> um, Were you just talking about body temperature?
1: Yeah. Did so, you hear something about it? The average temp has shifted a little bit.
0: Well, for me, this is my whole, I never am 98.6. If I'm 98.6, I'm probably sick. <laughs> Yeah, if I get to 98.6, I feel like I have a fever, and it's pretty rare. Um, I totally agree. Over the last couple of years, we were checking this a lot because they said it was one of the first signs of COVID. You know, you might start running a fever. Mm -hmm. So we were checking. I'm like consistently 97.3.
1: Yeah, I'm around 97.9. But women fluctuate a lot more than men.
0: True. So That's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, depending on
1: where yeah, their cycles. I stuff,
0: almost never get to 98. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm low 97s really consistently like
1: 97.3. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I I remember hearing somewhere that I think they have shifted the average to a little, like slightly lower. I don't know what it is and I don't know if that's, you know, totally true. But I feel
0: like I heard that somewhere recently. Yeah, I, I think but that probably is true. And Lisa's the same way. She tends to run about 97.7, 97.9, but she almost never yeah. hits 98.6 either. Yeah, 98.6 seems kind of high to me.
1: But, I know. Hey,
0: it, yeah.
1: That's what they love to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, another one so, of those um, weird things that just sticks and nobody really knows why.
1: Exactly. Which seems to be a lot of things in the the nutrition world.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. All right, go ahead.
1: All right. So, um, so yeah, regulating body temperature is another really important uh, role that water plays in the body. Water also removes waste products and flushes toxins from the body. Um, and it's necessary for cell to cell communication. And when I say you know, cell-cell communication, it's because we are electrical beings and the electrical component there is actually the minerals, which we'll get into, but I think it's I think we forget that. I think we forget that our cells communicate and they need the water and the minerals within to really communicate properly. Another thing that water does for the body is it moistens the oxygen for easy breathing. So, you know, when we actually are dehydrated, we breathe shallower and more frequently, which I thought was interesting, but one of, you know, but water really helps, you know, ease that. I mean, I don't know if you've ever, you know, experienced like really dry. I mean, for me, I notice it because I live in Florida and I'm from Florida. So, um, you know, we have high moisture, you know, in the air. So, breathing seems super carefree and easy here. And then when I go to a place that's drier, I notice it. I notice um, you know, it's a little harder for me to breathe. Yeah. Um, uh, and then another thing I'll mention,
0: I'll tell you about I've I've experienced the two extremes. Um, I moved from Florida to Mm -hmm. 9,000 feet in Colorado. It, those wow. are those are the extremes. The air at nine thousand feet in Colorado is so dry. I, I you know what's funny, and it took me a while to figure out what was going on. Obviously, at nine thousand feet, you also get a lot of snow. Um, the funny thing about snow at nine thousand feet where I was it doesn't melt. It evaporates, huh. You could get a bunch of snow. I never
1: about that because it's just so dry.
0: Yeah, you get a bunch of snow, and then throughout the day, it's disappearing, but nothing's wet. And you look at it, you go, well, that's weird. What's going on? It, it's because the snow isn't melting. The air is so dry, it's evaporating right into the air.
1: Wow. That's interesting. I never thought about that, but yeah, you're right.
0: Then the other crazy said, thing that happens, and I don't understand the physics behind this, but static electricity, when it's really dry, oh, you walk around and when oh. you go to touch something, you hear the zap. It's that loud.
1: You're so right. When I'm sleeping in Colorado, and I shuffle under the covers,
0: I actually see sparks. (laughs) You can see them, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's how dry it is. And then uh, when we left Colorado, we went back to Florida. So I've experienced those two extremes a couple times.
1: I mean, don't you just breathe so much easier in Florida because of the moisture? Yeah, I don't. You know, a lot of people
0: would probably say it's harder to breathe. The air is heavy, but I think when you're used to it, It yeah, the air is heavier. So some people feel like it's harder to breathe in high humidity, but I think what it is, I think it's much more comfortable to breathe humid air. I think that's the difference. I, I don't. I don't know if easy or hard is is the right word because sometimes breathing that really yeah. humid air feels like it takes more work. It, it, it feels like the air is heavier, but it's it's much more comfortable to breathe that humid air.
1: Yeah, maybe that's what it is. It's, it's it is definitely a comfort thing. I I have a really difficult time when I go to Colorado. Yeah. That's where I spend most of. Uh, my time when I'm, you know, if I'm in the mountains, is in Colorado, and I, I get so dry. Breathing uh, is so uncomfortable. It really My nose does. gets dry. Yes, I mean everything gets yeah. dry. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really do when I, you know, I'm, and you're right though. I, I was born and raised in Florida, so I'm sure it's just you know I'm just used to it, and I'm also in Florida on like right by the ocean, so we also have you know the salt air and. I don't know. There's something about the smell of the it, salt air with the humidity; it, just, it it's, its soothing. It
0: it it really <laughs> is. There there's no doubt about it. And I know we complain about really high humidity when it's hot, but um, high humidity does really make our body feel better in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for my skin, I notice a huge difference yeah. when I go. I was actually in uh, Joshua Tree last, like and oh my that's goodness, dry. all of us from Florida, we cared
2: <laughs> out yeah.
1: and we were all shriveling and yeah. we were like little raisins. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so, for sure.
1: So yeah, and, there, and, there is something about the moisture.
0: And there's another factor when it comes to how much water we should consume.
1: What? Oh, the, the yes, humidity of the where we are. Yeah. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And we will talk about that because you're right. That is definitely one of the things that really plays, you know, plays a part in how much water. So, um, so we can't talk about water without talking about electrolytes, obviously. Um, you know, cause water depends on electrolytes for proper absorption in the body. So, you know, we talk about this a lot, you know, with the light balance, um, you know, supplement that, that we sell in the store. It's such a great one for, For the the top three minerals that that we're really looking to balance, um, there are a handful of minerals. But the ones that we really focus on the most are going to be sodium, potassium, and magnesium. Calcium is another important one. But, you know, the the important thing is is the balance, the ratio, you know. And and the two that really stand out the most to me when I work with people is the sodium-potassium ratio, um, the, the importance, you know, comes into play with blood pressure and cardiovascular health because really our Paleolithic, you know, hunter-gatherer ancestors got so much more potassium from the fruits and vegetables and the, the roots and other plants that they were eating. They were getting around 11,000 milligrams of potassium a day. Um, and now... They're, you know, we're seeing much, much lower potassium. We're seeing that many people are getting as low as twenty, you know, two thousand milligrams a day, twenty five hundred milligrams a day. So that's just a fraction of what you know our ancestors were getting. And then the sodium aspect of it. Now we're getting so much more sodium than potassium. So everything's reversed. So the ratio of sodium to potassium by our ancestors was 1 to 16 sodium to potassium 1 to 16 and now we're seeing more of a 1 to 1 ratio. Oh.
0: No. Oh. So yeah, that's awful.
1: Yeah. It's really really off and people don't realize it, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know a lot about um, diuretics that, you know, the the diuretic drugs that that are prescribed for people with high blood pressure, Kevin, but I do know that when it comes, you know, to to high blood pressure, it's really, from my understanding, it's, yes, of course, the sodium can be high, but that typically is a result of the modern diet where we're getting, where we're, the sodium is coming from processed foods and refined table salt, which is, you know, it doesn't have any mineral content left in it once they refine it.
0: Right. And it's got nasty so, chemicals.
1: And yes. And then you add on the nasty chemicals in there. So yes, you're absolutely right. But if we, if more people were using, you know, proper whole salt, like, you know, sea salt and Himalayan salt and all those kinds of salts, then they're, they're, they're getting a lot more of the mineral content than, than they are when they're just eating refined, salt. So I think that that definitely plays a role, but then, you know, when I really thought about it, processed foods, processed foods, like we were, like I just mentioned, contain a high amounts of sodium, the refined salt, but the processing methods also cause potassium depletion.
0: Ah, oh, good point.
1: Not to mention, not to mention that they're also, to keep a shelf life, these processed foods are dehydrated. So these people are eating, we've got people eating pr- tons of processed foods. They're dehydrating themselves because of this. Plus their minerals are completely off, off balance. So I think that it's important to really incorporate a lot more potassium rich foods um, in the diet, which comes from things like chicken, beef, salmon, clams, crab, turkey, pork, and then other, um, you know, plant foods like avocados and bananas and sweet potatoes, mushrooms and stuff like that. So I thought that was really, you know, an important thing to mention that the reason that our sodium potassium ratio is so off is because of the modern diet. And specifically these these refined, you know, salts that, that we're loading our foods with when we really should be using these full intact salts that have all the the mineral content in there.
0: Absolutely. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the, the functions of electrolytes in the body, you know, the, the main function is a good pH balance, you know, for the blood to help maintain a pH balance. That's what minerals really are are important for. And they also serve as cofactors for um, enzyme activity. So, things that, that our body needs to do in order to, you know, one of the things that we should mention minerals are really important. And so, uh, water in the body is really important for digestion. You know, our digestive juices, obviously a lot of them are liquid form. So we need, you know, we need the water to to produce those. So really important, um, water and getting the proper forms of electrolytes to help keep, you know, the water in the body. So Absolutely. I thought it would be, I thought it'd be important to mention the kidneys and the roles that they play mainly because, you know, they're, they're filtering, they're, they're filtering, you know, waste, um, waste products and really kind of keeping homeostasis in, in the body. So they, they, um, they regulate the blood volume and the blood pressure as well as the pH of the blood. Um, so really important there. And then the kidneys also produce calcitriol, which is the active form of vitamin D, which regulates calcium homeostasis. So making sure that calcium stays in the bones and in the teeth and in the places that it's supposed to be and not depositing in places that it shouldn't be, like in the arteries and other soft tissues, um, like the joints and stuff like that.
0: Or in the kidneys as kidney
1: stones. Yes, absolutely. Or in the kidneys. You're absolutely right. We see that a lot. A lot of um, calcium deposits, you know, in the joints as gout. Yeah. And then in the kidneys as kidney stones. And it always is something that, that we're trying to avoid. So really keeping your body hydrated, making sure that you're getting the proper electrolytes, the proper balance of electrolytes and all of that is is really critical
3: there.
0: All right. So we now know this is really important. We need to stay hydrated. Lots of people are not staying hydrated. We've said we don't believe in the formulas. They just don't work. So how do we teach mm -hmm. people how to stay hydrated?
1: Well, it's going to be really listening to your body. Okay. So, thirst is really important. You know, there I think it was a rumor where they said if you're thirsty you're already dehydrated. I'm not sure how much of that really is true, but thirst is is really important because our body is regulated. It regulates our our water so much so that just a drop of 1 to 2% in water triggers thirst. sensation of thirst in the body. You know
0: what I could say? I, I, I agree with you that that's not a completely accurate statement. What I would say is if somebody's chronically thirsty, they're dehydrated.
1: Yes. I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I agree. You that shouldn't
1: be you, chronically thirsty,
0: right? Just because I'm thirsty today, it, it, I don't need to panic and think, "Oh my god, I'm dehydrated." But if you are always thirsty, if you're chronically thirsty, it, you, then you're probably really dehydrated.
1: Yeah, because if thirst is triggered at the one to two percent, you know, loss of, of water, dehydration is really. They say that it's when five percent. You have a five percent loss. Really, it, they actually go by concentration of blood. So when the concentration of blood has risen due to lack of you know water in there, at five percent is considered dehydration. Okay. So that's a very small amount of, of water. It, it really is. It. Yeah, really it is. Turns, yeah. So thirst is triggered at the one to two percent. Dehydration is 5%. And so we have, you know, we have these limitations to thirst as well, because apparently that signal declines with age and it goes away. This sensation of thirst goes away before we're completely hydrated. So it's, you know, this is where we're going to say again, that there's not a real true answer to anything. It's really just listening to your body. And figuring out what works best for you, um, but also thirst is—you know—that that sensation is less sensitive during exercise when you actually need it the most, and it's unclear if people really are recognizing that that signal because some people, some people that I speak to, they they tell me that they're not thirsty, but I know for a fact that they should be drinking more water. I, yeah, because, exactly. Especially because right. when you. When you talk about the, you know, the things that are depleting, so like any kind of diuretic is going to deplete you of water, like coffee, anything caffeinated is, you'll notice, if you drink a cup of coffee, you're going to be using the bathroom more than normal. I want to talk about this.
2: Yeah, I,
0: I want to talk about this. Uh-huh. And I, I, this is, I want to go back to these goofy formulas. And I, I questioned <laughs> the NTA about this and I got the deer in the headlights look. There, If I remember right, their formula was you need, and I'm not going to be exact, but you're going to get the idea. If they were saying something like you need this many ounces of water a day, and whatever their number was, I don't know it because I ignored it because it doesn't make sense anyway. But then they would say for every diuretic you drink, coffee, tea, soda, those kind Mm -hmm. of things, that you should drink one and a half times that to make up for it. That can't be yes, right. I recall that. That's bullshit. There is no way that's right. You can't tell me that because I drank eight ounces of coffee, I now need that I lost 12 ounces of water because of that. No, that's not even correct. You're telling me I lost 20 ounces of water because I took in eight already in the coffee, and you're telling mm-hmm. me I need 12 mm-hmm. more just to stay even. There's no way. That's not even close. I don't know yeah. who the hell came up with that, but that's not even close. Yes, coffee. Know where they came up yes, coffee's that. a diuretic, but when I drank my cup of coffee, I got 14 ounces of water with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I personally add salt and minerals to my coffee. Yeah. It helps me retain some of that water.
0: It, it, yeah, I'm all for that. I, I do too. I, That's the light balance we're putting salt and minerals. And but that idea that yeah. you drank 12 ounces of coffee and now to make up for that you need 20 ounces of water—that's just wrong.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they came up with that equation, but. I do know that it is a diuretic and when you do drink coffee, you do use the bathroom more that I know for sure, because Absolutely. it happens every morning.
2: To <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're right. Everybody. Yeah, that is true. It is a diuretic. Um, but their goofy formula yeah. just makes me a little crazy. Um, uh, yeah, right, I, don't, so. I
1: don't know where that formula yeah. came
0: from. So, so I interrupted yeah. you there. So Keep going.
1: Making sure that you're, Oh no, no. I love when you interrupt. us. perfect. So, so, making sure that you're getting enough water, you want to you want to pay attention to our thirst signal because that is a really good way to say you know that's our body telling us hey you you probably just lost around one to two percent let's let's get it back up there. Another good indicator is the color of your urine. You know, if you're drinking pure water throughout the day, your urine is going to be a lighter color yellow. It's going to be like closer to like a straw color yellow, not not, it shouldn't be a really dark color yellow because that, I, that means that it's very concentrated.
0: I like this indicator better than any other. I, I think it's the easiest to understand. I, well. I think it's the most accurate. Again, we can even say... It shouldn't be dark and strong smelling. That means you're dehydrated. Your description of kind of pale yellow straw without a strong odor is perfect. That should be a good level of of hydration. If it's absolutely clear every time you go, you're probably overhydrated. Definitely,
1: definitely. And think about that because everyone. Go ahead. Well, everyone's had a, this moment in their life where they were drinking a ton of beer. <laughs> and when no. you go to the bathroom, when you're drinking a ton of beer, it's pretty clear. <laughs> so yeah. you're probably, you know, drinking too many the- fluids and, and not enough.
0: The Watch. interesting thing there is, others. yeah, the interesting thing there is while you're drinking the beer, you're overhydrated more than likely. Several hours after you stop, you're going to be dehydrated because alcohol severely <laughs> dehydrates us. That is the reason. That is a
1: good point.
0: That is the primary reason for hangovers. And earlier, you said yeah. one of the first indications of dehydration is a headache. What's one of the biggest problems with a hangover? You have a horrendous headache. Yep.
1: Yeah, alcohol is very
0: <laughs> dehydrating yep. overall. But you're right. While you're drinking beer, especially, you're just consuming so much water that you're overhydrated and then underhydrated. It's the double whammy.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But another thing I should mention with the urine color is for some people, it could be difficult to gauge when they're taking supplements because some supplements will actually turn your urine bright fluorescent yellow.
0: Isn't it mostly B vitamins that does that?
1: I think it is. Yes. I was going to actually you ask know, you the same thing. I, I think just, it is B vitamins. I just
0: thought of something as you were saying this. I clearly remember when I first, first started taking a lot of supplements back when I opened the gym. Um, this actually absolutely happened. I mean, your urine could be neon some days. It was so bright. It was like fluorescent. Um, but I just thought about something. I, I supplement and I actually, some of the supplements I take are crazy high in B vitamins. And yet I never experienced this anymore. I wonder why. Really? I never have this happen anymore, ever.
1: Whoa, I'm surprised. I I, I don't have an answer for you because mine is still bright
0: Yeah, yellow. I, I just <laughs> thought about that. That never happens to me anymore. And I've experimented with all kinds of supplements over the last eight years.
1: Oh, you're going to have to figure that out because now I'm dying to know. I thought, I thought it would just always be that way
0: yeah I would have thought that too and then I just realized as you were saying that that doesn't happen to me ever anymore that's odd
1: I was wondering if it if it has to do with the absorption if your body maybe isn't needing all of those B vitamins or utilizing it then it would just come out in your urine so I was wondering if that could be it
0: you know it might be But then it might be like when you're eating grains and those kind of things those are heavily fortified.
1: Yes. Why? Yes. Huh. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to do a little digging on that.
1: I know, I'm really curious. I hope you come up with something there cuz that is very interesting. I I really thought I've never heard of that happening. So I'm I'm very curious to know if you find anything on that. So keep hmm. us posted for sure. We'll do. But, um, I wanted to also mention some, uh, bio individual factors that definitely, you know, play a role in how much water you need. We have activity level, which is the most obvious one. I would think the amount of processed foods that you're eating, because I mentioned that those are all dehydrated. So in order for your body to process those, they're going to have to be rehydrated within the body. So you know, if you're eating real nutrient dense foods, the actual correct form of foods, if you think about it, they all have some form of water, whether they're meat or they are, you know, fruit or vegetables. They all have some form of moisture Good. in there. so
0: point. And it's all over the board. Obviously, so, a piece of meat doesn't have nearly yeah. as much water as a piece of watermelon.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And so you have to take that into account. What and
0: you're if eating. I remember right, doesn't it take a lot of water to help us digest meat?
1: Yes, I think you're correct about that.
0: Yeah. So I, I think when you're eating a carnivore diet, you probably need to consume a lot more water. Um than somebody who's eating a vegetarian or a vegan diet because their food is loaded with water and yours isn't and meat takes more water to process. (laughs) Here's another factor at why these formulas just never work. Um, Without even going to extremes, we have human beings that are four foot 11 and weigh 90 pounds. And we have human beings that are six foot five and weigh 300 pounds. Those two human mm-hmm. beings need significantly different amounts of water, even if everything else is equal.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. So that's so why. your side. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah it, it, it's, you know, a, a, you know a, a V12 engine uses a lot more fuel than, you know, a four-cylinder does. It, it's the same thing with human bodies. It requires a lot more Mm -hmm. water to maintain a large body than it does a small. That's why the formulas don't work. And I, I, you know, we've taught the thing with the veins on the back of the hand. And honestly, I just think stick to your urine. It really is the best indicator.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if you're thirsty, drink. (laughs) There you go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other thing though, we could talk about one of the patterns we see people wait till they're thirsty, really thirsty. And then what do you do? You chug a bunch of water. Then after you get done chugging a bunch of water, what's the last thing you want to do? Drink more. You're bloated. Exactly. It doesn't. F- so we, a lot of people go through this cycle of I'm dehydrated. I over consume water. So then I stop consuming it and I go back to being dehydrated again, because like you said, the thirst signal will go away before you're completely hydrated. So mm-hmm. the trick is to consume water all day long.
1: Yes. Yeah. Small sips throughout the day is really the, the right way to consume water. You're absolutely right.
2: I, I have a and feeling, the thing,
0: you know, as hunter gatherers, we probably consumed water almost every time it was available. You know, you're out kind of hunting yeah. and gathering and there's a stream there. So I'm going to stop and drink.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. How did they carry water around?
0: Uh, in animal skins.
1: Okay. That's what I thought. I just didn't
2: know. Was it an organ or Uh, was it really? Yeah.
0: Um, you can, you know, you can take a stomach, um, and use it as a waterproof pouch. You can take skin, animal skin and waterproof it and use that to carry liquids But that. That was pretty much, they didn't do it a lot though. I mean, that's, that's kind of the point. So when there was water available in the environment, you, you drank.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they did. And you know, they weren't eating processed foods either. So they were getting water in their foods as well. So that makes a big difference.
2: Yep. Yep.
0: All right. Anything else?
1: Yeah. Just, just a few tips. Like we were just saying, um, like in the, the best way, you know, to start the day, I would start your day with a glass of water when you wake up before you even have a diuretic, like coffee or tea. Um, Definitely drink water before and after any vigorous exercise. That's kind of a no-brainer. You know, you're, you know, you don't want to drink a ton of water before your exercise. You want to drink a ton of water ever. You just want to make sure you have a little bit before and a little bit after. Um, not to drink too much water before or during meals because it dilutes your stomach acid and can impair digestion. So that's an important one. Um, and then if you're feeling a little tired or anxious or have a headache or difficulty concentrating, try drinking a little bit of water before you do anything else and see if that doesn't fix the problem. Because a lot of the time I'm telling you that's a lot of the times that is the problem. You're just a little dehydrated.
0: You know, one that I did learn from the NTA that I was shocked how accurate it is for me anyway. Um, Oh shoot. I just drew a blank. Um, can't believe I, I lost that thought. Uh, it happened. Oh, maybe I'm dehydrated. Um, <laughs> maybe <you're> dehydrated. <laughs> Darn, go, go back to talking. It was, a, I think it was a really good point too. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it'll come back.
1: It'll come me. back. Well, one of the things too, is I, I literally speak to people that tell me they don't like the taste of water. Like, give me a break. You don't like the taste of water. Well, first of all, you know, what kind of water are you drinking? Because I don't like the taste of my tap water. I'll tell you that. It tastes like, like chlorine. And yeah, good I point. I don't even know. It, it smells like ammonia. So if you don't like the taste of the water, then something's telling you probably shouldn't be drinking that water. Good point. Um, but some things to help you if you get bored of drinking water, you can add lemon, lime, cucumber, berries. You can, you know... You can do kind of create like a hydrating infusion. What you don't want to be adding are those little flavor drops. You know, who even knows what is in those little <laughs> flavor
2: drops, but you don't yeah. want to be
1: adding those in there. <laughs> it's yeah. usually some kind of sugar or sugar alcohol mixed with some, you know, some flavor, artificial flavors of some sort. So stay away from those and use things like think about what they use to make spa water cucumber, lemon, you know, things like that, you know, that, that helps keep it interesting. Um, and you know, some other things like I actually want to talk about electrolyte management, how you can ensure that you're getting enough electrolytes. We know the obvious one that we're constantly recommending is the, is light balance, um, with the sodium, potassium, and magnesium in there. That you can add to, you can add it to water if you like. I personally add it to my coffee um, to help get the the minerals in there while I know that I'm, you know, drinking a diuretic. Um, Another thing that I really loved, I used to do Bikram yoga a lot, which was super, super hot. And I would sweat a ton, which is really great for you to sweat a ton. But I, I love that they would put some Himalayan sea salt out for you to add to your water. Don't, you know, don't think for a second that, you know, you can't just add a little bit of sea salt or Himalayan salt to your water. It's great. It's absolutely wonderful. You can add either one of those to water. But there's also a ton of other ways.
0: I'm Uh not sure how healthy this was because I really don't see this much anymore. Um, The concept was probably correct, but I can remember in high school football, especially in summertime Mm -hmm. when we would first go back and we would be doing double sessions in the summer and it was really hot. They gave us salt pills. Salt pills? Pills, yeah. And I think all it was was just pure pure salt pressed into a pill. I think that's all it was. But yeah, our coach in the summertime used to give us salt pills. Huh,
2: I've
1: never seen that, but that sounds good. Kind of brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know Just that it, it, it may have been garbage salt and that maybe that wasn't the smartest thing, but the idea was correct. He, yeah. You know, when you're sweating that heavy, you've got to get the salt and the, the uh, minerals back in.
1: Yeah. I like that idea. I like the idea of being able to pop a little, you know, properly, you know, source salt fill in like a glass of water. I love that idea. I actually, I, I add the light balance to my coffee. And then after I get a nice froth on top of the coffee, I take Himalayan salt and I sprinkle it on top and just, it sits right on the froth. And every sip I take has a tiny bit. I get a little tiny bit of salt with it. Ooh, there you and go. I love that. That
0: sounds good. I
1: love like tricking my mind. Yeah. It's so delicious. It's, it kind of tricks your mind, you know, from needing your coffee to be sweet. Instead, I, I, I like to have my coffee salty and it's i don't know i love that flavor and every time i make it for someone they love it as well so there's something to that
0: you know the other thing that's similar to that um salt i read a book um what was the name of that book it was really good it was by a female chef uh salt fat something what
1: was that oh salt fat Salt fat that acid. acid. Yeah. Like that.
0: Yeah. Excellent yeah. book. And what I learned in there was about the different forms of salt and when to use them. And the one that really works well is when you're cooking meat, use big, chunky salt, big pieces of salt on meat. And you get that when you eat the meat, you get like this intense little burst of salt. That is just incredible. Mm. But if you use really fine salt on meat, then it just feels over salted.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting concept there. I, you know, and I don't buy really thick pieces of salt. I'm going to do that and get, see if it tastes any different.
0: Get some really chunky salt and finish your meat with it. So when it comes off and you're ready to serve it, put a little bit of really chunky salt on it. And you get these really mm. intense little bursts of salt. It's really good.
1: Oh, I love that idea. I'm going to try that and see if it, I'm going to definitely try that. I actually do have some really thick sea salt. I forget I forgot about. I I don't use it as like a typical seasoning. I do I use it for when I make bone broth and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's easy just to throw in and but try that really heavy, big, chunky salt on meat.
1: I'm going to do that. Definitely. And, and use it speaking as a finishing bone broth. salt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I like that. But yeah, speaking of bone broth, Bone broth is an excellent way to get more electrolytes in the body. It's really high in calcium and magnesium and super, super good. So that's one option for, for upping yes. your electrolytes and your mineral content. Another one is coconut water, really good, um, good amount of potassium and coconut water. Um I hate and a thing that we don't really think water. about coconut water. I hate Do you know coconut it's really sweet? water. Oh,
0: no, it's actually, I figured (laughs) out what it is. It's not too sweet. I will tell you the exact experience that I don't like. Take take light balance and put it in straight water. I hate that flavor. And that's what coconut water tastes like to me. That weird salty flavor just in water turns my stomach.
1: That is so funny. I love coconut water. <laughs> oh, oh, I even
0: had when I was in Costa Rica on the side of the road. There'll be people there, and they're just tapping coconuts and sticking straws in them. And you just you go buy a coconut, and it's got a straw sticking out of it, and you just drink the water. I'm like, oh man, that is so cool. I went over and bought one. I threw it away. I can't drink that stuff. It's nasty. Ah, Those do my.
1: Favorite. Those are my favorite. That's my favorite type of coconut water. Is I, I, when it goes to when they crack it open.
0: <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah, I just I don't know what it is oh. about that taste.
1: After like a two-hour surf, three-hour surf, you—that's like the first most amazing thing. Is like you walk <laughs> up with your board, you're all salty and gritty, and you're like so thirsty and dehydrated because you like have been just sitting there in the salt water for hours. And that's
2: my favorite thing to do is have a coconut
0: water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try it. I, I was so excited about it. Oh, this is so cool. Look, I'm drinking right out of a coconut. I took one drink and I spit it out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not drinking that stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And, oh,
1: I, you know, so it's another all, thing
2: hey, that
0: hey, hey, this reminds, have you ever watched the show? Um, oh no, The, It's on the Food Channel, the guy that eats all the weird stuff. Um, Andrew Zimmern.
1: I don't know the name of it. Yeah, I can't think.
0: Andrew Zimmern. He eats all this crazy stuff from all over the world. I mean, really outrageous stuff. But then what's funny is there's just regular foods that he absolutely hates. He will not eat walnuts. Hates them. (laughs) But <laughs> uh, so that, that's kind of like me I can that's eat almost funny. anything I there are very few foods almost none that I won't eat and yet a little bit of salty water and I can't stand it
1: that is too funny I'm shocked that you don't like that oh, oh yeah <laughs> it's just it's so I guess it's like kind of trying to be I mean salt water I can't I can't really stomach that like I can't put light balance and water and drink it. I, I just can't. <laughs>
2: just, and that's what coconut
1: water tastes out. like to me. That is so funny to me. I mean, maybe it's because it's sweet that, that I, it, it kind of changes the profile a little for me and I can stomach it, but I love it. Oof. I just, it, sometimes it's too sweet though. I do definitely get that. Sometimes it's too sweet and I can only have a few sips. And if I'm not in the mood for it, it's usually because, I'm not in the mood for something sweet. Yeah, but that's funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. So other other juices that we don't think about—have you ever just? I think you have. I think I've heard you mention it. Just drinking the fermented juice out of like
0: oh yeah pickle
1: jar or sauerkraut.
0: Now that I love. Yeah, that's that.
1: I love that too. Yeah,
0: that's refreshing, and I love that tang and the taste, and and that is re- there's so much good stuff in that brine.
1: So good. So good. So that's a great way to get electrolytes as well. Really? That's, that's a good one that most people, Oh, I bet you a lot of people don't even think about keeping that and drinking it, but there's a brand that actually sells just the brine.
0: Yeah. They sell it in shots. I've seen gut shots. Is yeah, what, is what yeah, yeah. Gut shots.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I've yeah, seen that. And, and here's yep, the so thing.
0: Here's the thing. Why would you ever buy that? It's so cheap and easy to make. I know. (laughs) Don't buy it. They're charging you a fortune for that. And it's so cheap and easy to make yourself.
1: I know you're right. So if people are making their own fermented foods, like don't forget to drink the brine because that's a great option for getting these electrolytes and so many other things. I mean, the, the, the vitamin content must be pretty good in there too.
2: Absolutely.
1: of all of the the vitamins leaking out of the vegetables going into it, it's just loaded with
2: nutrients.
0: You know, while we're on this, the ferments and, you know, yogurt, which is also a ferment, um, I'm going to be talking about the garden today on Q&A. Are we good with that this week? You do the questions and text and I'll do the garden. Okay. Um, One of the things, and I'll show it when I'm out there, I'm using the same idea in the garden that we use when we ferment food and make yogurt and fermented vegetables. What we're doing is we're taking good bacteria and we're putting it into food to culture it and create lots more of that good bacteria. And the idea is the more good bacteria we get into our body, it will crowd out the bad bacteria. And it does all kinds of stuff in our body, stuff we probably don't even know yet. Well, I'm basically making, it's, it's almost kombucha for the garden now. Because it turns out all of this bacteria is really, really good in the garden for all kinds of crazy stuff, too. It helps the roots do different things. But really, what it's called compost tea. And it's really very similar to making kombucha. I take um, earthworm castings, which basically, from what I gather, is just worm poop. Um, And yeah you put a handful of worm poop in a five gallon bucket. And then I have, Oh, I don't know if I've talked about this or not. It's not really a fertilizer. It's more like food, plant food. Um, It's the one that's called chicken soup for the soil. That's one of the plant foods that I use. You put like a, a quart of that in the five gallon bucket, a handful of worm poop. So, The worm poop is the bacteria. It's loaded with really good bacteria. The putting the um, chicken soup for the soil is kind of like when we put the inulin or the potato starch in the yogurt. We're, We're adding more food for the bacteria. That that's the point of putting this in. That's why I put in the chicken soup for the soil. It's food for the bacteria. Then we just we fill the rest of the bucket up with water and we let it ferment for about a week and you can watch it. It bubbles and, you know, it's active that 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 bacteria is multiplying in there. And then I use that and I just spray that all over the whole garden. I just, I, there's a ratio you dilute it and I put it in a hose end sprayer. You spray the whole garden. You're getting all that good bacteria on the leaves, on the plants, in the soil, just like we do for our, our own bodies. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible.
5: Yeah.
1: I have heard of that compost tea before. I didn't know exactly what it was, but That's pretty cool.
0: It's basically fermented just like we make kombucha and yogurt.
1: And switchel. Have you heard of switchel? (laughs) Switchel? No. What's that? That is going to be another electrolyte option. It is. Okay. So traditionally it's taking, it's a fermented, it's slightly fermented and it's hard to say exactly where it started, but some people think it started in the West Indies where they used molasses, but there's like a more modern, um, you know, recipes, apple cider vinegar and water with fresh ginger, lemon and maple syrup. And you put it, you know, in a jar and you mix it all together and then you let it sit on the counter for like 24, or 36 hours. And it, it kind of gets a little effervescent. And it definitely packs a punch but it's supposed to be so good and i think i'm going to try it this week
0: you know i do something similar to this minus the maple syrup but the maple What's syrup that?
1: you do something similar
0: yeah i do i take um- the maple
1: syrup i think I think it also has minerals in it, so it helps it, boost, um, like, the electrolyte content.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that maple syrup would do a couple things. It adds to the electrolytes all the minerals that are in maple syrup, and it sweetens this a little bit so it's not so harsh. It's easier to drink. Um, what I do, uh, I make fermented ginger paste, and I just keep it in the refrigerator last forever. So I just take, I'll, I'll go buy, I love, um, Azure standard for this. I can buy five pounds of fresh ginger from Azure. And in fact, I need to order some this week because I'm out. Uh, and then I just take and I I kind of roughly chop the ginger and then I throw it into a food processor. Just pulse it a couple times. It comes out like a coarse Um, kind of texture, pretty well chopped up. Then I just add Mm -hmm. uh, a traditional fermenting brine, a quart of water, two tablespoons of good salt. And I pour that over the ginger and you can let it ferment for a week or you can let it ferment for six months. Um, it, It. it will get stronger and stronger the longer it ferments. Um, And then I just take that and put it into a blender. I separate out the ginger from the brine when it's all done fermenting. Then I throw it in a blender and I just add enough of the brine back in to create kind of like a wet paste. And I'll just fill that Mm. up with jars and stick it in the refrigerator. Now you can use that to cook just like ginger because it still tastes just like fresh ginger. It's actually got a little more zing from the fermentation. It's hard to keep fresh ginger around. I don't use it enough. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you can freeze it. And But this is the absolute best way to have fresh ginger around, make fermented ginger paste out of it. And then some mornings I will just take a, like a water glass. I'll put like a big heaping tablespoon of the uh, fermented ginger, and then I'll just throw in a splash of apple cider vinegar, hit it with just enough water to mellow it out a little bit. And I'll drink that first thing in the morning. Um, i love doing that. And I'll tell you what it's really good for. If you have nausea is really good um, for nausea.
1: Ooh. Wow. That's awesome. I That's a great way to, have it on hand, you know, for whenever you need it. Love that. So you, do you drink that in the morning often or is that just something that you do? You know,
0: I'm not very consistent about things. I should be more. I probably should drink that every morning. There would be no reason not to. Um, I don't, but I probably should.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I used to, I used to buy the grade B maple syrup did you notice that they stopped making grade B maple syrup?
0: I kind of did. What is there some reason?
1: Yeah, there's got to be a reason. And I'm dying to find out because I thought that grade B meant that it was less refined. So you and were getting more, more minerals.
0: I think like that's true. I, I think that's true. Yeah.
1: So why would they ever do away with it? I'm going to have to do some research and digging because years ago, when I went to the grocery store, I I would only buy gray bead because I figured it was less refined. So better for you. And then years ago, I noticed that they stopped making it. And at first it was one store. And then I started noticing it was gone in every store. And I remember I had done a search, but nothing came up. And I was hoping that you might know, but I'm going to have to do some research because there is definitely a reason that they stopped. And it's really a shame because now it's just all re- like ultra refined. Oh,
0: I, I, I may have figured this out already. What? Okay. I'm just reading this. All I did was a quick search and this result popped up. Mm-hmm. I haven't even clicked on the link. I'm just reading the results from the search. It says um, results for grade B maple syrup. Maple syrup, grade B, now known as grade A dark robust.
1: Why would they change the name? Who
0: knows? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? But it sounds like that's what they've done. So now what you're looking for is grade A dark robust.
1: Okay. Well, then maybe that's less refined.
0: I I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so.
1: All right, good to know. I'm going to definitely have to look for that. Yeah, because, you know, I don't use maple syrup often, but I like to have it in the fridge. You know, if I have plantains that go, like, way past their their ripe stage, like they're totally black, I'll just mash them up with some eggs and make, like, a little plantain pancake. Oh. I know it's super high in carbs. Oh. But it's
2: so good. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a nice little treat. It really is. And it's literally just a mashed plantain with an egg and I mix it all up and I use it like I would a batter, like a pancake batter, basically. Oh, um, yeah. Super good. So I like to have some kind of, some maple syrup in the fridge for that. But, uh, yeah, I was really disappointed that I couldn't find bean maple syrup anymore. I was like outraged actually <laughs> when I, when I figured out that it was every store that stopped, Selling it, so that would explain it. They changed the name, so I'm gonna have to look for a more robust.
0: Yeah, I actually used quite a bit of maple syrup. Um, I love the really good maple syrup in the El Ruteri yogurt, oh, and it doesn't take much at all. It's a little mm. bit of that and a little bit of cinnamon. It is so good. The other thing, though, and I've, I've put the recipe up on the website, the the uh, glazed pecans that I do.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: Those have maple syrup. So I actually, Lisa found a company where they age their maple syrup in whiskey barrels.
1: Oh my gosh. Stop it. (laughs) It is so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It is really, really good stuff. I can't think of the name. I can see the bottle. I mean, I've, I've, I've got now they, they make it, aged in you know the whiskey barrels then they make it aged in whiskey barrels and they add some vanilla then they have somewhere they add some cinnamon and i i just buy the straight aged in whiskey barrels because i put in the cinnamon and vanilla myself and i like to use really high quality of both of those but they're it's really really good maple syrup
1: Oh my gosh. That sounds incredible. You're gonna have to share that brand when you think of
0: it. Well, as a matter of fact, we're we're probably gonna wrap it. we went a long time today. I'm on three hours today. No breaks. We're still I gonna, know. we're still gonna do the garden thing. Um so I, I'm gonna do a couple things. Since I'm gonna be doing a video anyway, I'll grab a bite bottle of that maple syrup so you can see what that is in the video. Um I'm probably gonna no make a little detour down to the biohacking lab. I opened today talking about, um, I'm testing new infrared saunas. um, Oh yeah. New form factors. We might even make our own. We're not sure yet. I'm talking with a company that might be able to do that for us. So I'll go down and show everybody what I'm talking about. I have them set up down there in the biohacking lab, and then I'll head out to the garden.
1: Awesome. All right. What time do you want to do that?
0: Let's do it at 1130.
1: Okay. That's perfect. We'll have 20 minutes.
0: Yep. So anything you want to wrap right. up with? We covered a lot today.
1: We really did. There's a lot more about hydration and water than, than, you know, than we really realize and it doesn't get enough attention. So I'm happy we did that. And if anyone has any questions, pop on and ask away in the Q and a.
0: All right. So that is happening at HealthyTribe.com in 20 minutes from right now. So 1130 Pacific time. Uh, What is that? 230 Eastern? Sounds right. 12, yeah, 2.30. Yeah, okay, 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific Time. 20 minutes from now, we will see you at HealthyTribe.com. Very informal. I don't really prepare for these things. I don't have any notes. I'm just going to walk around with the phone like I did last time, and you can see what's going on in the garden. It looks significantly different, I can tell you that.
1: I can't wait to see it.
0: All right, 20 minutes. Be there or be square. Does anybody say that anymore? (laughs) You just did. (laughs) I did. Yeah, I did. All right. We will see you then. All right. Great stuff. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.